okay, I'm about to explode the lid off the blogging world. So basically, you obviously can fake followers. So you can buy followers. Um, I'm telling on myself because I have grown my following through giveaways. And I feel that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of my followers on Instagram, uh, they are not as engaged with me because they came because they wanted to win some free makeup for me. My friend Angela Cruz Ledford knows her stuff. And let me tell you why. It's because she used to be a TV anchor and reporter. Now she's in public relations. And she also dabbles in influencer marketing herself while working on the PR side of it. So she has seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is something that Angela and I, as you will hear, we talk about this a lot because it's a very interesting world of influencer marketing and so many people want to do it, but they don't want to actually work hard to do it. So they're taking shortcuts and they are making money while brands are wasting money. And that's something that we really talk about. So this is good for you to listen to for two reasons. One, if you want to work with influencers to increase your brand awareness. And two, if you want to become an influencer You need to pay attention to what PR agencies and brands are looking at because there's some things that are working right now that may no longer work in the very near future. So buckle up because this is a good one. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Angela, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you about a lot of things, but specifically about influencers and influencer marketing. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is an important topic that a lot of people can learn a lot about. Yeah, and I feel like there are so many misconceptions and so many people doing it wrong, including like really big brands that make billions of dollars a year. They're not doing this right, and you probably see that a lot online, right? Absolutely. I think part of the problem is that it is very time consuming to do your research, to learn the digital space. And that's something that I have focused a lot of my attention on. So I don't know if I would call myself an expert, but I know both sides, both the public relations side and the digital influencer side, which I think gives me better perspective. Yeah. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on because I know offline, you and I talk a lot about this topic. And I always say, I feel like we're the only ones who really care if an influencer is influential. But before we get into all of that, first, let's tell everybody what you do. You are the manager of public relations and communications at Discover the Palm Beaches. So tell everybody what your day to day is like at work. Okay, so working in public relations for a tourism organization, which that's what we are, Discover the Palm Beaches is the official tourism organization for Palm Beach County, which we call the Palm Beaches. And it's a beautiful slice of paradise in sunny South Florida, but basically we used to be called the Convention and Visitors Bureau. So we are tourism. We are basically trying to attract people to come visit Palm Beach County. And not only that, we're also trying to convince Palm Beach County residents, the people like you and me, Christina, who live here, to visit visit within the county. We may live in, you know, West Palm Beach and we'd say go visit Delray Beach or Boca Raton. So the 
travel space is what I work in. And so, you know, there, of course, are strong travel digital influencers, but then we branch out and we've learned a lot in this space. Um, so my day-to-day life is traditional media, which of course is, you know, television, radio even, uh, but mostly like newspapers, magazines, you know, blogs do count, uh, even though that's more new media. And we have focused a lot of attention on new media because we have an advertising campaign that we call Friends Trust Friends. And basically what that is, is Christina, if I tell you, hey, I had a great vacation in Boca Raton, you would pay attention to me because I'm your friend. You would listen to what I have to say because I'm a real person who's really telling you I had a great time in this city. And the same with you and me. So what this is, is using online products like people who are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook who are sharing content naturally and organically, we're using their content and sharing it on our platforms and in our advertisements to say, look, we're not buying models. You know, We're not paying models to go and fake that they're having a good time on the beach. These are real people who are actually on the beach having a good time and we're sharing their content. So my day-to-day job is working in the traditional space as well as the new media space and uh, kind of breaking new ground, if you will. And it's all about referrals or it kind of looks like a referral because it's somebody else telling you to come visit Palm Beach because Palm Beach is great. It's not necessarily Palm Beach telling you Palm Beach is great. And this is why I love the media and media relations and public relations. And over the last few years, it's definitely changed a lot because we are mixing the traditional media with the new media. So before we really dive into influencer marketing, I just want to shout you out for being a fellow TV newser like me. So really quickly tell everybody how you got into public relations and why you are so good at what you do, because (laughs) I'm going to toot your horn because I know you won't do it for yourself, but you bring in some amazing media hits. And I honestly believe that some of the best people in PR are people who used to be in the media because you've seen both sides of it. I use the analogy. It's like if you were going to hire a criminal which you shouldn't hire a criminal for anything, but say you want to hire a criminal to commit a crime, would you want that criminal to be a career criminal or that criminal to be a former police officer? And I always say, well, you would want them to be a former police officer because they know what the police are looking for. So they know how to get away with the crime. That's like us. We know how to get media because we used to be the media and be on the other side. So kind of tell me a little bit about how your past in the media kind of influences your success today. Okay. So when I first started in TV news, I was a morning anchor, which meant I produced, this was in a small market in my hometown in Monroe, Louisiana. And for five years, I produced the morning show, which was two hours. So I learned the morning news space, which as you know, is a little bit different. It's a little more lighthearted and fluffy, more feel good, more lifestyle, which is fine. Um, but then I went and became an education reporter in my media market station in Shreveport, Louisiana, learned how to better pitch, you know, day-to-day news. Then I went to WPTV News Channel 5 in West Palm Beach, Florida, where I currently live, which really strengthened my pitching skills because that was a tough station to sell a story. Um, And then I went from there to the Palm Beach Zoo, where I became the PR manager there and, um, you know, did a lot of fun stuff and learned about tourism, I guess you could say, because that's like an attraction and, you know, a touristy place to go. Um, And then I started working with Discover the Palm Beaches. I 100% agree with you that my background in TV and in journalism really kind of helped me understand better, you know, how to tell a good story, how to, you know, speak the 
language that media speaks, I do feel like whenever I tell somebody that I'm working with, like, hey, I come from journalism too, it's like they breathe a sigh of relief because they're like, she understands deadline. She understands the pressure that I'm under. And she also understands that I'm not going to respond to her email all the time because I got, you know, 500 emails today. So we get the stress that they're under and we also know how to roll out the red carpet. Um, what I try to do in my role with Discover is that I try to hand the information to a journalist on a silver platter. I'm like, you don't have time to do the research. You are not a subject matter expert about tourism in the Palm Beaches like I am. You know, my job is to know why we're the best place in the world to visit. And they, you know, they're covering like a million destinations. So what makes us special? Well, let me tell you, because I'm the one who works with Discover the Palm Beaches. So I think that working in journalism in any capacity really does strengthen your ability to be a better PR manager and to better work in uh, the other side. We call it the dark side. When you're in news and you go to PR, they say the dark side. I'm like, are you kidding? This is the light side. It's so great. You know, so <laughs> so it's definitely different. But I agree with you that it's really good to have that background because it is very helpful. Okay. And then something new to our industry is influencer marketing that I mean, I, I let's all thank Kim Kardashian for inventing it because I really think she invented this. Um, what used to be just pitching traditional media is now pitching um, influencers and getting getting your brand out there. Now there are influencers who charge. There's influencers who don't charge. There's influencers who should and influencers who shouldn't. So th- there, there really is a wide variety of how to work with influencers. Um, many wrong, some right. You've already touched on how influencer marketing is like a referral from a friend. It's a friend saying, hey, come here, visit this place. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that, why it's important to work with influencers? And this is good for business owners on two fronts. One, if you do want to work with an influencer to get more attention to your brand. And two, if you want to become an influencer in your space, which as a business owner, you should want both. So speak on the importance of working with influencers, whether you are one or you want to become one or you're actually working with one. Okay. So I do think that it is super important to work with influencers because that is the new way that people are getting their information. So, you know, if you're a millennial, are you really watching the six o'clock evening news? If you are, you're a rarity. Like that's not really what's happening. We have to face the reality that people are getting their information online now. Like I love going on Facebook like a million times a day. You know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. So I think that that is the new wave. And even people who are the traditional demographic for like the traditional journalism, like, you know, newspapers and magazines and such, they are now moving to the digital space as well. So we have to stay abreast of that trend and to ignore it would be to bury your head in the sand. I don't think that's a good idea. So looking at that as a business owner, I would definitely recommend that you take a look at what the digital space can mean for you and how it can help you grow your business. Um, In terms of becoming an influencer, uh, do you mean in the space of like a business becoming an influencer in their industry or like working with the influencers who are specific to their niche? I want to go into both of those topics. But before we do, I want to ask you why you think people don't want to work with influencers. And I'll give you an example. I have a client and whenever I pitch any kind of media relations package, it includes both traditional media and new media because people are, like you said, they're getting content in different places at different times. You should be earning coverage in a variety of places, both traditional and new media. But I had a client recently tell me, we don't want to do the influencer thing, just traditional media. And 
their audience is very much on social media, but they did not want to do the influencer thing as they call it. So why do you think so many business owners are not doing it? Two reasons. The first one that comes to mind is they don't understand the value of it and trying to convince somebody like what we just talked about, about like, Hey, everybody is online. Like everybody's on Facebook or everybody's on Instagram, you know, even Snapchat, like to tell them and to try to convince them is like, very challenging. So my hat is off to you because to tell somebody and to try to convince them like this is the way you need to go can be challenging. Um, I think that not knowing the value of it is the biggest thing. I also feel that unfortunately, digital influencers, bloggers, you know, everybody can have a bad rap. And that's understandable. I know you and I have had a lot of offline conversations about there are good bloggers out there and bad bloggers. The ones who are bad bloggers, unfortunately, give the rest of us a bad name because they are either just grabby or out for it, or they have fake followers. They're not really giving you return on investment, ROI. It's like, you know, somebody may have had like a bad experience with one blogger and then don't, they don't want to work with anybody ever again. I've even been in that space myself, even though I 100% acknowledge the value of digital influencers, I've been burned, you know, where I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, that person really didn't have the following that they said they did, or they didn't work as hard as they said they would, you know, uh, because they are their own bosses, like digital influencers work for themselves. And so when they have a campaign that's a paid advertisement with a business, it's up to the blogger to execute it. They don't have like in traditional media, if you're a news reporter, you have an editor or a producer or, you know, an assignment manager standing over your shoulder, like, hey, turning your story on time. Hey, this quality is not up to par, whatever. Well, bloggers, it's just them being their own boss, you know? So the ones who get it and are really good obviously deliver on it and give you ROI. Whereas the other ones who may be sloppy or not real or whatever, they can give the rest of us a bad rap. And then the business owners are like, this is a waste of time. Why would I spend money doing that? So that's my personal opinion. I feel that there are two reasons why the business owners don't want to go that route. I still feel like you need to do that. I still feel like you need to go down that road, no matter what, you know, if you really want your business to grow, you got to do this. Yeah. And I remember this brings back terrible memories of <laughs> working with a, an influencer group. It was actually 10 influencers who were supposed to go into a restaurant of mine and the client was not wanting to work with influencers, didn't understand it, like you said. And I was so excited about this group because they were true influencers. I mean, they didn't just have the numbers, but they had the engagement. And I was really excited about getting them in there. And they all went in, they all ate, the table was set amazingly. And I thought, okay, this is going to turn the client. They're going to see the value after this. And not one of those influencers posted. They came, they ate, they drank, they had fun. And not one of them posted anything. That makes me so mad. That makes me so mad. I feel too, <laughs> I, I feel like that's almost stealing. Like when you know you go in and you take some stuff and you don't deliver on it, like not even a tweet. You can't give me a tweet. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So and, and it happens a lot though. It happens a lot. So if people do want to work with influencers, well, one, this is a this is a message. If you are an influencer or you are growing or you want to be one, don't act like that. But two, if you're a business owner and this is something that you, sh you should be doing, so you want to start doing it if you're not already, how do you look out for that? What do you look at to ensure that the person you're bringing in, whether it be to write a blog post or to share something on Instagram, how do you do your homework and vet these people to ensure it's not going to turn into a negative experience? What kind of steps could you take a business owner through? 
Well, okay. So there are several things that I do to prevent what just happened to you from happening to me because it has happened to me several times when I've hosted, you know, influencers and they did not deliver at all. They would go eat and did not, you know, do any social media, which again, I do consider stealing. I'm like, you're rude. You know, know you're not going to post and why are you eating that food? Um, I do feel like what I was able to do to learn along this path was that I took those bad experiences and I pushed them forward where I, whenever I would work with another influencer, I would say, listen, I've hosted somebody and he went and ate at this restaurant, had a great experience, had nothing wrong and still didn't post. I need to make sure that doesn't happen with you. Can you do me a favor and guarantee that you, if you have a good time and you really do enjoy the food that you will give me a tweet or you will give me an Instagram post or whatever. Um, so I specifically will say, this is my expectation. Like I really want to make sure that it's authentic you know, I'm not asking you to lie if like your server messed up your food and it was burned, you know, like don't tell a lie. But if you have a good experience, can I count on you to do that for me? Because I have been burned in the past. Like I've become so transparent now with my expectations. I used to kind of like a year or two ago in this field, I would tiptoe around, you know, and I still to this day, I hesitate to ask influencers like, will you share your stats with me? Will you, you know, will you do this and do that? You know, because I feel like that's almost private information when it's a paid campaign. Absolutely. I'm like, you better tell me those numbers. We're paying you money. This is an advertisement now, but if it's just a complimentary experience, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant, but I will, if I need to ask like, you know, will you screenshot for me? How many people saw your Instagram story? That kind of thing. Um, so as a business owner, what I would recommend is you need to be so upfront with your expectations. Like, Hey, I'm hosting this blogger event. I'm not requiring you to post, but what I really would love to see the most is an Instagram post, like a permanent post, you know, or, um, Um, We're trying to grow our Snapchat platform. So I'd really love to you to do as many snaps as possible. You know, I'm going to give you this in exchange. You're going to get this complimentary experience plus a goodie bag. Um, So basically, because I have come from both sides, like I know that the experience really does need to be good because I, as a blogger myself, have been to some events where I was like, ooh, okay, that was not wonderful. I really don't want to, you know, I I don't really want to give them a lot of great social media because it wasn't that amazing. Whereas on the other side, I'm like, as a business owner, you really need to be like, this is what I want. You know, we're in in traditional media. If you go pay for an advertisement to be a 30 second commercial on TV or an ad in the local newspaper, you know what you're going to get. Like you're like, you're three inches on your front page story or, you know, 30 seconds in between the five o'clock evening news, that kind of thing with digital influencers you don't know what you're going to get unless you ask for it because the digital influencer, you may be hopeful. Like this person has, you know, 10,000 followers on Twitter um, and 50,000 followers on Instagram. So you really want the Instagram post, but they're feeling like tweeting that night. So they're just tweeting a storm and they don't give you an Instagram post. Well, you need to ask for it. So that's why I feel like before you work with them, laying out expectations is super crucial. And how do you determine who to work with? Because There are, and we could go through the list of the so-called influencers who are faking their influence just so they can work with brands or just so they can get free things. So let's talk about what to go through. (laughs) How do you know this influencer is going to give you an ROI? Okay, I'm about to explode the lid off the blogging world because I'm going to tell on myself as well. Um, So basically, you obviously can fake followers. So you can buy followers. Um, I'm telling on myself because I have grown my following through giveaways. And I feel that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of my followers on Instagram, uh, they are not as engaged with me because they came because they wanted to win some free makeup for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, Some people actually just buy the followers, like they buy robots or whatever. And that's easy. Like, 
you know, you can easily buy a hundred thousand followers, like nothing. Um, that's one way to do it. Um, I just feel that the way that the world has come, like a, a lot of the public relations problems that people have is that they don't have the time to dig deep and to actually examine each influencer that they work with. I do. I make a point to do my homework. Like I will go on, by the way, the best website, socialblade.com, socialblade, like a knife blade.com. Go on there, put in the person's username for whatever platform, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, uh, put their username in and you will see the graph that they have grown. If it's a slow, steady incline, then you know that that's usually proof that it's organic and it's real if you have sharp jumps which i'm not even going to say some usernames you can go look at my username go look up angela cruz tube you will see a sharp jump i don't even remember when it was was it 2000 february 2017 what i did was i hit the button on my instagram that said follow all your facebook friends and i've got 5,000 facebook friends because i was a morning anchor in a small market and i just accepted every facebook friend request um so what i did was i hit that button and it got me like a thousand or 1500 followers and so you'll see that sharp jump and it looks like i bought followers i was like oh my gosh at least i know that this is a real socialblade.com is a real resource because it tells me when i did it so you can look at that and you can see if somebody's buying following or if they're doing something that doesn't look legit because if it's a sharp jump then you may want to question like what was that did you do a massive giveaway and then now you have people who are not really engaged with you um so but there in are your ways case when you did it it was real though so you did real. a giveaway <laughs> and we should give some backstory angela side hustles as a beauty blogger and a beauty vlogger so when she says on her instagram she did a, a makeup giveaway that's because on her instagram that's her brand it's beauty right so you did a giveaway but you did a giveaway to people who are interested in makeup so if they're interested in makeup they're interested in you and part of entering the giveaway was to follow you in my opinion that is an, an okay spike or an okay jump because those are people who would have followed you anyway. You just incentivize them with a giveaway. Same with your Facebook friends. Those are people who knew you and who really want to follow you because you're Facebook friends with them. But That's people do this and it's not relative. You had yeah. the makeup interest. You had the Facebook friends. Some people do this and it's completely yeah. random. It's not good because you'll see their following grow and then you'll see their engagement is stagnant or lowering. And so I feel like Instagram now with the algorithm is rewarding the real influencers, you know, and you'll see in their numbers, you know, but here's the thing. And here's another thing I'm about to tell on this podcast, because again, I'm telling on myself, I have been part of what we call a comment pod. And what that is, is it's a group of local bloggers who we agreed to comment on each other's Instagram posts. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I was like, I got to do it because Instagram is burying me. And so what you do is like, if somebody is in this group and, you know, Christina all day is in this group with me, let's pretend even though you're not, uh, but you're posting and then you put in the group, you're like, Hey, I posted. I would go comment on your post because you told me to. And so I feel like that's not real engagement. You know, I felt like I had to do it. So again, I'm telling on myself, which some people may look and say that's unethical, but I'm like, Hey, I had felt like I had to do what I had to do. But also I know because of this, I know some of the bloggers who are really only doing, they're gaming the system. They're only doing comment pods or Instagram like pods or, you know, whatever, or they're even buying likes. I can tell you for a fact. And 
you know, people are so lucky that I continue to work, you know, in my space and I don't tell any secrets and I don't tell uh, usernames of people. I'll tell you, Christina, because you're my friend, but and I'm we've like- we've talked about it. Angela knows a lot, you. people. She knows a lot. No, you are. I'm like, I see you and I see you buying those likes. Uh, it's really obvious. One key is also like if somebody has 60,000 followers on Instagram and they post and within four minutes they get a thousand like on a photo, you bought that because that's not usually organic. You're not Kim Kardashian. If you're Kim Kardashian, you will get a thousand likes on a photo within one minute of posting, but nobody else will. Um, so there are things that you have to look for. And the things that I'm telling you, like all the things where you deep dive, one thing that I'll do whenever I work with an influencer is I'll go look at their previous posts and I'll be like, all right, are the likes consistent? Are uh, Is the quality great? I'm a really big freak about quality. I'm like, is this content like is the photography beautiful is you know what's written really compelling i look at that because i also feel that discover the palm beaches can share that content on our platform so it's like a testimonial for us so i'm not looking at how many likes necessarily they get if somebody's like a smaller micro influencer where they have fewer than 50,000 followers but their content is so good i'd love to work with them because i'm like they're going to try really hard give me great you know deliver on the message they're going to give me roi within their engaged following and then we can share their story ourselves on our platform. However, having said that, um, that's because I have the time in my role to dive deep and look at people. And I feel that a lot of the bigger brands that you mentioned earlier, when you're like, they're making a lot of mistakes, it's because they don't have the time or the PR people don't have the know-how that you and I have of how to look at somebody and how to really tell if they're real or not. And so that's what's difficult in this day and age. And I don't think that there's a clear answer because I feel like until you know Instagram really knocks down and says we're going to get rid of all the bots which twitter just did the massive unloading you know ashton kutcher and you know all those people that they took their following and dropped them down a million it's because they're trying to tighten up on those bots um but until that stuff really happens we're going to have to do our own research and you never really 100 know if somebody's authentic or not you only know once you get your roi or not you know and so that's why you got to be careful about um who you work with and the dollars that you put out and the expectations that you relay beforehand um because i have been so burned there was one person whose username i won't say but i hosted last summer and she talked a big game about like oh i put out a lot of content Content and I tweet a lot and I do this and do that. Then I hosted this person, didn't get any ROI. The blog post was quite frankly, very lazy and sloppy. The photography was from her cell phone, which was a little disappointing. And I was like on a blog post, you know, you're a blogger, you should have like a, you know, a good quality camera. It just was disappointing. And I was like, that's my fault because I didn't research enough. She came recommended from another blogger. So I just blindly took that uh, recommendation without doing my homework on that person. And once she had already given me the content and I was disappointed in it, then I went on socialblade.com and realized her Twitter followers were mostly fake. So I said, see, that's my fault. I learned a lesson from that. So now I've been burned and now moving forward, I'm super careful. You know, I'm like, let me make sure that these people have real followings, real engagement, their quality is good. You know, I should have gone and read some of her blog posts she had done previously. Oh, and here's another tip for anybody out there and you're wanting to work with a digital influencer, say, okay, this is my product and whatever your product is, whether it's in the hospitality field like me and it's a hotel or it's a restaurant or it's a, uh, a fashion company or whatever, say, give me some previous content examples. I want to show my boss what you can do. And that will help sell me on you. And I do that all the time now. I'm like, hey, girl, I want to bring you here and get you a nice hotel stay. However, can you show me a hotel blog post that you've done in the past? And it needs to be recent, not within, you know, not five years ago. 
you know? So if they send me a lot of links, then I'll send it to my boss and say, look at this. This is, you know, three different blog posts done within the past two years. Uh, and they're all great. They all have original photography, a lot of, you know, backlinks and all these other things that make it really worth our while. I think this person is valuable to host. And so, you know, and you look at the engagement, does that blog post get a lot of comments? Did that blog post get promoted a lot on Twitter? That kind of thing. So Again, I'm getting really deep in the weeds here about like how to work with influencers, but there are so many steps to check mark that I think that's why a lot of PR people don't even bother. They don't even want to do their homework. They're going to be like, okay, this blogger has 60,000 followers on Instagram. Therefore, I will work with that person. Whereas when you go back and you look, you're like, well, clearly that person bought their following and that was a waste of money for that, you know, for that company. So that's why I encourage people do your homework, be careful, lay out your expectations. And then also, you know, do your you know research and ask them to show you what they have done in the past. So I'm giving a lot of information all at once, but these are the steps that I personally take that have protected me this year. Yeah, and I think it's really good information. And I want to share a specific story, and I'm going to shout this influencer out because I've spoken to you about her many times before. So her name is Jade, and she is at underscore badass foodie on Instagram. She has just over 3,000 followers. So if you're a business owner and you want to work with an influencer, you think, oh, 3,000 followers, that's not an influencer. But let me tell you, this one will give you an ROI. I just clicked on um, a post from her six days ago. Remember, she's got just over 3,000 followers, Mm -hmm. over 300 likes on a post with over 100 comments. And these aren't just any comments. Remember, it's it's not just the amount of comments, but look at the quality of the comments. Are they automated from some kind of software or some kind of bot? You click on the comments and they are all in direct relation to this image that she posted. You could not right. post these comments on any right. other picture. And again, this is somebody with 3,000 followers. I've been pitched by influencers with 50,000 followers who don't get near half of these likes or comments and they want me to pay them. They want the clients to pay them hundreds of dollars for a post when they're not getting any quality likes or comments. They just have the big numbers. And then this one, Badass Foodie, she is so happy to go to a restaurant and be comped by the restaurant. And not only will she post and get crazy engagement, but she will send you links to the post afterwards. Oh and God, I love she will follow up. So whenever I have to do anything with any local restaurants, I'm like, Badass Foodie is my girl. And I tell my clients, I tell them, don't be deceived by 3,000 followers because trust me, this person is an influencer. So I think that just kind of goes to show you that it's not all about the numbers. It's about the engagement and the quality of engagement. And, but like you said, there is so much to look at and people, they just don't want to spend the time doing it. I don't blame them because you only have, you know, so many hours in the day you touched on right there, the power of the micro influencer. I feel like micro influencers, a good one will work harder because they know they don't have a hundred thousand followers. I'm a micro influencer. So whenever I work with a brand, I do like you just said, where I give them the coverage after I'm like, Hey, here was the blog post. Here was the YouTube video. And here are all my tweets. You know, here are links to them. Here are screenshots, you know, because I am a micro influencer. Um, that's a good one. I don't expect everybody to do that. Also, I do that because I come from the PR side and I know you have to get your resulting coverage and package it nicely, you know, for your client. But I think that When it comes to the micro influencers, again, you do have good and bad ones. You have the people who started it just because they wanted free stuff. 
let's be real. Let's call it like it is, you know? So, so you may have somebody who became a beauty blogger because they're like, I just want to get free makeup, you know, but are you willing to work for it? That's the key. So the micro influencers, especially in the restaurant space or whatever, um, the ones who are doing like what you said Jade does are the keys are the ones who are really the ones you want to host. They're the ones that you want to do a campaign with because you know, they're going to deliver on, you know, and they're going to give you that ROI. Um, and here's the key are the people who are following them really going to that restaurant. That's the thing right there. I mean, even more than the number of likes and comments that she gets on a post, I'm like, are people actually going to eat where she recommends? That is to me the biggest ROI right there. Um, for me and my tourism job, I'm like, so what that this person has a million followers on Twitter? This person's followers are not really ever going to come visit the Palm Beaches, so I can't host that person anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you really have to look at, like, are this person's followers going to act upon this influencer's, you know, recommendation? Another reason, too, um, I love working with travel influencers. Like, travel bloggers are amazing. They know how to do what I want them to do, which is, like, you know, write a great blog post or YouTube video or whatever. You know, do a bunch of social media posts. The only thing is, and I've learned this, having worked in that space for three years now, they visit so many destinations, I'm just a blip on the radar. You know, so that's another thing you have to think about, too, is, like, if you work with, let's say, a fashion blogger who only does one or two trips a year and they're really excited to visit the Palm Beaches, you know, that may be an, a space you want to move into, even though you're like, oh, in the past I've just worked with, um, you know, travel bloggers, but now you're like, I'm going to host this fashion blogger and she's going to really give me a lot of content, you know? So there are ways to branch out. Um, when you touched upon the micro influencer, I'm a big proponent of that. I think that one of the problems that a lot of the national brands do is they want to work with somebody who has 250,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, number one, you're going to work with somebody who does a campaign every day. So you're not special to them. You know, uh, number two, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. And are their followers really going to act upon your brand? Are they really going to go buy your product? That's what you have to look at. So again, there is no right or wrong. Um, you and I, I feel like we have really done our homework and learned the space uh, because we want to be good influencers ourselves. And we also want to be amazing in public relations and get ROI. So it's still a learning game. Like every day I'm like, there are new bloggers who are coming onto the world um, that are starting blogs, you know, new influencers who are exploding. And it's like trying to stay one step ahead is very challenging because everything changes. Like you figure out Facebook's algorithm, then they swap it on you. You know, now if you write giveaway on an Instagram post, they're going to bury you. So it's like, well, what do you do to grow? So I do think that there's value working with the bigger influencers and the smaller micro influencers. It's just, you got to know what you want and you got to figure out your budget. And you got to figure out the time that you can dedicate to it. Another thing I will say this is I don't want to say it's a con but it kind of is it's kind of a negative thing of working with influencers I feel like they take a lot more attention and time than working with traditional journalists because for example if a television news reporter calls me at the beginning of the day and is like hey I'm going to do a story on breaking record tourism in the Palm Beaches I'm like okay I know this is going to take two hours of my time and then I'm going to be done I'm going to set up those interviews I'm going to give them some b-roll find a hotelier for them to talk to and then I'm finished with the day and then I got a nice story on the evening news whereas working with an influencer man you got to continue that that conversation over and over and over like you you pitch them first you they come back to you and are like well, we want to do this and then you're like okay i hope you do this and then before you know it two weeks has gone by and they're not even visiting you yet you know or they haven't even gotten your product yet and then you have to do the follow-up you have to you know stalk them and say are they really delivering on their promises and sometimes they won't that has happened to me many times too where it's in writing and we even have a contract that we use with some digital influencers that we host where they promise to all these parameters and sometimes they won't deliver on it there's one miami influencer that i host Posted, and I still have no blog post from this, you know, from this person, even though I followed up with her five times, like, Hey, I don't want to be a pest, but you said you do a blog post. And she's like, Oh, I'm so busy. I'll get to it. Never did. You know? So it's like, 
what are you going to do? Um, I do feel like I'm kind of giving influencers a bad name. Like I make them sound like they're bad. They're absolutely not. There have been a million times that I've hosted digital influencers that I was blown away. Christina, you were amazing. Like I hosted you and I was like, girl, this girl did us a story in the Huffington Post and you did all these tweets and it was insane. You still to this day tweet about your visit. So it's like some people that you've hosted are so worth your while. And every now and then you hit upon those gold mines and then you're like, well, that person really gave me ROI. So sometimes you have these instances where it's really, really, really good. So I definitely don't want to come off sounding like, oh my gosh, it's such a problem. I think the reason that you and I are making such a big deal about, you know, things to be careful of is because we have seen the brands that are spending hundreds of dollars with influencers that we know for a fact have fake following. So it's kind of, you know, we kind of want to toot the horn of be careful. That's why I'm like sitting here and telling all these crazy things. Cause I'm like, I want you to actually learn from my mistakes. You know, don't do what I've done because I've been burned. Um, but then the times that I've had successful times, it's really worth it. And you look back and you're like, that was amazing. Cause we've hosted, you know, I've hosted some blogger days. Um, I've hosted blogger weekends and I look back and I'm like, the pictures look beautiful. You know, they look like models. Um, we were able to use them on our social media. They use the f- photos. Um, so yeah, so that's something that I've done. And I, I look at both sides and I think that it's definitely worthwhile. So I hope that people who are listening in PR are not thinking that Angela's saying don't work with influencers because I definitely think you should. Like, it's so important. No, and I really feel like you're just saying things that everybody's thinking, but they're too afraid to say out loud. And anybody in PR and anybody who is a business owner who has worked with influencers, they probably have very similar stories. They have good stories and they have bad stories. And I think it's just the the industry that we work in, that we are more in tune with it. But it's also just the work ethic of people today. They want to be a Kim Kardashian influencer and they don't want to work for it. So they're taking shortcuts, just like in any business. People want to take shortcuts to get to the top. But if you are a business owner, whether or not you're spending money on influencers or you're trading product or service, that still is money. Products cost money. Services cost money. So you just need to do your due diligence. And that's why, Angela, I really wanted to have you on because you are an expert in this. And you and I, we've talked you know, like we said many times about this offline, and we have specific stories to share on what you should and what you should not look out for. And based on all of that, um, I think you probably, um, just by listening, have heard a lot of tips on how you can become a stronger influencer in your space. Definitely do those things that Angela says um, people appreciate, that brands appreciate, that will get you invited back for more. Make sure you save those those comments. Something that I do on my media kit, I'll share an Insta story about a product and somebody will comment and they'll say, oh my gosh, this looks so good. Where do I get that? I will screen grab that and I will put that in my media kit because because of my Insta story, somebody's going to go buy what I posted. And that mm-hmm. is what is going to make a bigger impact on a brand than a big number. At least it should. And again, everybody wants these big numbers for vanity reasons. But at the end of the day, all of that coverage doesn't matter if you're not getting money from it, if it's not bringing you more business or more leads. So I think, um, Angela, you have been a wealth of information. Thank you so much. If anybody wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Well, if you want to get in touch with me for Discover the Palm Beaches, check out thepalmbeaches.com slash media, and I'll be on there with a PR team. If you want to follow me on my beauty blog, my username across all of my platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat is Angela Cruz Tube, like YouTube, but Angela Cruz Tube. Awesome. And I will link to all of these in the show notes. Angela, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
How amazing is Angela? Like, honestly, I feel like I touch on a little bit of what she talked about in this podcast episode at least once a week, either talking to a client about working with influencers or when I see somebody do that like balloon thing when they're bragging about hitting a new influencer number, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, those numbers do not mean anything. And this whole podcast explained why. Um, So I really hope you got a lot out of that, whether you are a want-to-be influencer, a soon-to-be influencer, somebody who works with influencers, a brand, a business, whatever you are, influencer marketing is very important. It is something you need to pay attention to. So um, I hope this episode was very helpful, and I know it definitely shed a unique light on things um, that you may not have thought about before or something that maybe you thought about but didn't really know what to look for or how to react when you saw or heard certain things in the influencer marketing space. So Angela, thank you so much for that. If you liked this podcast episode, please let me know by subscribing and leaving me a rating or a review. I would really appreciate that. And I am so close. I've mentioned this in the last few podcast episodes. I am so close to getting ready to launch my three-day video series called Pitch Publicity Profit. To get on the waiting list for that, please head to MediaMavenAnnMoore.com slash publicity. There is something there to keep you busy in the meantime. Um, But I am just getting back from a trip to San Diego where I hung out with some amazing friends of mine in a mastermind um, with Pat Flynn, Monica Louie. Um, Dr. Shannon Irvin, some amazing, amazing entrepreneurs. I also spoke at the Boss Mom Retreat in San Diego. So that's why it's taking me a couple of weeks to get Pitch Publicity Profit set to go. So stay busy in the meantime with all of that other great stuff on my site, and I will send you the information to get to that soon. MediaMavenAndMore.com slash publicity to hold your spot. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review. I love to read them. Have a good day, everybody.